Let's get right in the message for this evening, and uh, I'll just take a moment to thank our interpreters. Thank you so much for interpreting. Everybody sent me Stacy, but I appreciate all the interpreters in our church now. I appreciate it so much, the work they do. Um, so this passage, as I was studying this, I got to think, you know, oftentimes you hear preachers preach on the, on the subject of remembering, uh, and then you think about how, wait a minute, I thought we were supposed to focus on the future and forget the past, right? You hear that a lot, right? And then Paul, the same Paul writes in Philippians that he presses toward the mark, right? Forgetting those things which are behind. However, I, heard, I, I was praying about this, and the Lord kind of laid this in my heart, that it is important to remember certain things from the past. And here's how you understand the difference between what to remember and what not to remember. If it's something God's involved with, remember it. If it's something that the devil's involved with, don't remember it, right? If it's something God's involved with, like your salvation, remember it. If it's something that that haunts you, or maybe a sin or a failure you have from your past, then don't remember it, right? Because God doesn't remember those things either. So that's a beautiful balance of it. Now, because of those good remembrances, it motivates us to continue to press on for the, for the cause of Christ. So here in this passage, in this verse, it's verse 7, it says, For God had not given us. So this is interesting because when we got saved, remember this, there's three parts of us. There's three parts of everybody here, okay? We have a body, a soul, and a spirit. When a baby is born, they have a, a body and a soul. The spirit is, is dead. It's dead because of sin. When you get saved and you get born again, that spirit comes to life right here. So now you're the triune being like God. And as time goes on and we eventually we die, our bodies break down and we die, we're buried in the grave. Then we uh, go to heaven and we get a glorified body that has no sin. It's a perfect body. And what a blessing that is, that promise. And the eternal body has, has no more pain, no more joints popping and snack, snapping and crackling and all that. And I was thinking about my dad. You know, you all saw him in his last few years. He's not able to get around like he used to. He's running around just fine up there, man. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's got that glorified body and it's, it's healthy and it's strong, right? But the Bible says here, interesting, God has not given us a spirit of fear. So it means when we get saved, that spirit that comes to life in us has the potential uh, to, to, to live out these principles here. To have the power and of love and of a sound mind. And it's interesting that it mentions in this passage here, a sound mind. A sound mind. I, I believe one of the tactics the devil has in these last days is to bombard the mind, overwhelm the mind of a Christian, causing uh, what I would guess maybe we could call it overload. We get overwhelmed and, and our mind is not able to handle it. You know, 100, 200 years ago, our mind had limited information you know, coming to it. I mean, just what happened locally, uh, what you read that day, the work transactions you had. But now we have the whole world at our fingertips. And our, our minds, are were they really developed to, to handle all of that? Well, I mean, God designed our minds, he could. But because many Christians today, or many people in the world today, don't have a relationship with God, that information can be overwhelming, which causes a lot of, I think, the problems we have today, which is anxiety or, or discouragement or depression, more so is a higher rate than, than ever before. And I think it's because we have not allowed our minds to be strong. We're letting external media, external events, external circumstances to, to control or dictate how our minds respond. But God says as a Christian today, we have access to this particular spirit. So if this is the spirit that God has given to you and me, here it is, for God hath not given us, this is what he's given us, a spirit of fear. Fear. No, no, God's not giving that to you. If you and I have a spirit of fear, we learned it somewhere else. There's, there's only several, I think there's only one or two fears uh, babies are naturally born with. It's very simple. 
two, I think it's two fears babies are born with. Number one, the fear of a loud noise or the fear of falling. That's it. But as a baby grows, they are taught fears. And some fears are good. It's good to teach a kid to be fearful and not run out in the middle of the street, right? But, but many fears that are taught are not good. And as a Christian today, the fear of man bringeth a snare. And many Christians today are so worried about what other people think. Really, that translates to having a fearful attitude. As Christians today, we should realize that God hath given us not the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What a blessing that is. So our mindset, our mindset, how do we get that, that sound mind? How do we have that spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind? There's three remembrances mentioned in this passage here. And this is a, I feel like this is a fitting message for a church like this because we are blessed to see the testimony of this chapter right here in this church. Even tonight we're able to see it. What are you talking about, preacher? First of all, the remembrance of those past. Of those past. Look at, look at, verse, number, look at verse number five. It says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. He's talking to Timothy right now. Watch this. Which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. Paul's saying you have a heritage, a Christian heritage People in this room now, I'm seeing already, we see for sure all over this building, there's two generations, but there's even three generation Christians in this room tonight. Is mom downstairs teaching these deaf kids? So my mom's here, I'm here, and then my daughters. Boom, three generations. The Cooches, there's three generations right in one pew right there, right in that section right there. You have three generations. And, of course, there's other families in this church where you see that, Brother Hurst, you have three generations here in this church tonight, and, and uh, I don't want to miss any, but there's several other families, in, and the Georges aren't here, but other families in this room right here tonight where we are witnessing three generations. And, and Paul's saying here, remember the faith that you have seen played out in your life. How many of you tonight, maybe your parents aren't living, but your parents were Christians before they passed? Raise your hand. They're Christians, all right? Many of you are products of previous generation Christians. Did I say that wrong? And they were Christians before they passed? They're still Christians after they pass. They go to heaven forever, amen, all right? But hey, but you have multi-generations of Christians. How many of you tonight that are sitting here have children that are saved? Would you raise your hand? All right, most of us in this room are able to testify to that. What a blessing that is. And Paul's saying, remember that. Remember that. Sometimes when you get discouraged and you feel like there's just not a whole lot of Christians out there, there's a lot more pressure, the stress is real, it's just not like it used to be. Hold on, look inside your own family sometimes. Hey, realize the person you're married to is a Christian. And Paul was wise to remind Timothy that. And this is a time in, in church history when the churches were, were just starting to explode and reaching. I mean, people that had never heard these messages before. There was persecution. There was pressure. There was a lot of questioning. There was a lot of doubt. There was a lot of skepticism, a lot of critical uh, things going on. And Paul's saying, hey, Timothy, don't forget. Remember, your grandma believed this. Your mama believed this. And now you have this faith as well. If you are sitting here tonight and your grandpa or grandma are in church, you ought to thank God for that tonight. Maybe they're not in church here, but they're in church somewhere. I know there's those in here that have grandchildren in church somewhere else in different parts of the country. My, my, mother, my mother and father-in-law are going to celebrate their 60th wedding anniversary this month. 60th. We plan to go and, and, uh, and spend a few days with them to celebrate their 60th anniversary. I mean, you only get to make it to your 60th anniversary once, right? 60 years. Well, those two faithful saints of God have five children that are all in church somewhere tonight, numerous grandchildren that I think have all been saved, 
And now they even have great-grandchildren have been saved, and some are not saved yet because they're still too young. My, my mother and father are now witnessing four generations of Christianity. Why are you saying that tonight, preacher? Because sometimes we get discouraged thinking they're not out there, but they are. They are. This past weekend was a telling weekend for me. I had numerous youth pastors, four, five, six, seven of them come up to me and say, Brother Randy, this is my youth group. I heard you preach when I was a teenager. So now we're seeing multi-generations of people in ministry too. Well, how'd that make you feel, preacher? Old. It made me feel old. I'm getting older now. I'm a year and a half away from 50. Thank God somebody's going to hit 50 before I do. But, but the point I'm trying to make is this. Hey, we're starting to see there are Christians out there. There are people that are passing it down. And they are believing the same faith that grandma and grandpa did and mom and dad did or aunts and uncles do. Praise God for that. Remembrance that. Remember that. Number two, remembrance of the now. All right? Remembrance of the now. Look at, look at, look at verse, uh, verse three. Paul says this. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Let me ask you a question tonight. How many of you know for sure right now, without a doubt, that somebody out there is praying for you? There, Someone has prayed for you before. Raise your hand. Of course. I mean, again, family. Duh. I mean, family prays for each other. But there's people that are praying for you. How many of you received a, a text in the last three months? Or someone just texted you and said, hey, I prayed for you today, right? Just think about those kinds of things. When someone checks up on you and says, hey, I, I love you, I care about you, I'm praying for you. Someone else is remembering you, watch this now, and in their remembrance of me, or their remembrance of you, Paul says, hey, make sure you have a remembrance of that. Remembrance, have a remembrance that somebody else cares for you and is praying for you and is lifting your name up in the presence of God. What a blessing that is tonight. One of the biggest causes in this planet right now of depression and, and suicide is the thought that I'm all alone. I'm alone, right? I'm lonely. There's a big difference between being alone and lonely. Uh, be, a lot of people don't mind being alone, but loneliness is, 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 a, is a, it's a heartbreaker. And yet so many times people don't realize somebody is praying for you. Somebody is thinking about you. And by the way, church, can I just give you a good little challenge for all of us? If the Lord lays someone on your heart, pray for them, and then text them and let them know you did. So, well, I don't want to get any credit or glory. Paul's saying that right here. You know what that is? That's encouraging them. You're, you prayed for them. And you prayed to who? To God. And you're letting them know that I spent some time and I named you by name in the presence of my God. I was thinking about you. But wouldn't that be a blessing and an encouragement? Every Sunday morning, I have several preachers. Most of them are younger than me. Some of them are young men that I've preached to and got saved under my preaching and all that stuff. And they'll text me almost every Sunday morning, praying for you today, Brother Andy, as you preach. That's a blessing. Somebody in a different state, someone in a different part of this world, in a different time zone, in a different time of day, in a different culture, they were thinking of my name and they lifted up my name to God. That's a blessing. That wasn't a selfish activity. That wasn't me demanding someone to pray for me. Somebody willingly did that for me, and they informed me of it. And because of that, I can now feel like, okay, I've got the inspiration, the encouragement uh, to go forward for the cause of Christ. There's some power in that. We, we've lost the power of praying for each other. The Bible commands us to pray for each other as brothers and sisters to pray for each other. And today, it's a blessing because you don't have to sit down and write a letter and mail it and wait a few days. You can text somebody like that. They'll know, hey, I just prayed for you. What a blessing that is tonight. You have the remembrance of what's past. You have the remembrance of what's now. Someone right now is praying for you. Paul, at the time of this writing of this letter, say, I was praying for you, Timothy. 
Number three, remembrance personally. Now, I want you to look at something interesting. I'm going to throw something interesting out tonight that might be a little different than what's normally taught preaching this passage. Look at verse six. <clears throat> Paul says, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up, next word, the what? Gift. The what? Gift. This is the gift from who? Of who? God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Now, as I've heard this preached many times before, I understand that he's talking about specifically the gift of the preaching, all right? He even says, he mentions putting his hands on them, right? But, but can, I, can I remind all of us in this room tonight? Not everybody in this room is called to preach. But everybody in this room, everybody in this room tonight that has been saved has a personal gift of God inside you right now. You and I, if you're saved tonight, you have a gift of God inside you right now tonight. I have it and you have it. Put aside the preaching call. You, if you're saved tonight, if you've been born again, if you know that Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, you have the greatest gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. It's a gift. For the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is a gift. Now, I understand doctrinally and contextually here, and if you were to exp do, look at an expository, he's talking about the laying of hands of the preaching. But I also would think this, hey, Timothy, take away your salvation. You don't have the gift to preach. The greatest gift you and I have of God is the gift of salvation. God gifted it to you and me. It is inside of us right now. Like in this present tense, I possess the gift of God. You possess the gift of God. I love the sign for gift. Gift. It's a gift to you. It was given to you and me. I possess it right now. I'm not going to get it. I didn't have it one time and lose it. I have the gift of God. And sometimes we need to remember that even right now, you and I have this gift of God. You put those three things together. And bake them in your spiritual oven. And your mind gets strong, sound. Your spirit has no longer fear. But it is of a power and of love and of a sound mind. How? By remembrance. Remembrance what has been. The family, the faith that's been passed down to us. Remembrance. Remembrance that somebody's thinking of you tonight. Somebody's praying for you and me. And finally, remembrance of the gift that is inside you and me right now. What a blessing. Praise God for that. That'll help the mind set. Amen. Had your bad eyes close like you listening so well tonight. shore they faced the storm suddenly they feared for their lives but upon the sea there someone walked on the water as they listened for 
cry. That's when they heard him call out their names, and tenderly he says, It is the Prince of Peace could find them in the middle of the sea. But with little faith and God's good grace, joy would overcome their desperate pleas. Now there are times in life when I face a storm and I wonder if I ever will survive. cross on which the prayer 
So 